Welcome to All Along the Wasatch, a public affairs program produced by Bonneville Salt Lake City. If you would like to submit a request to be on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. Now, here's the host of All Along the Wasatch, Mike Parsons. My guests today are from Utah Community Action, and the website is utahca.org. Stacy Waite is the Chief Administrative Officer and Janelle Serva, Chief Impact and Strategy Officer. Good morning, Stacy. Good morning. And Janelle, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having us, Mike. So, uh, Stacy, why don't you start? Uh, tell us a little bit about Utah Community Action. When was it started? Who started it? And, and why? Yeah, absolutely. So Utah Community Action was started back in 1965. We are one of the longest standing uh, community actions in the country, which is amazing. And we did that in response to Lyndon B. Johnson, President Johnson's War on Poverty. And really, when they set out for the War on Poverty, our original mission was to address the paradox of poverty in an affluent society. So it really was to get to the root of those issues uh, in poverty throughout the country. And really, to address this issue, we were created uh, as the first community action program in Utah. And that program designation of a community action uh, means that we assess and meet the needs of our local community. And at that time, we also became one of the very first Head Start programs in the nation and are still the largest provider of Head Start, both in the state of Utah as well as the surrounding region. Wow. And Janelle, how has that mission evolved, if it has at all? It has evolved. So currently, the mission of Utah Community Action is to empower individuals, strengthen families, and build community through self-reliance and education programs. So we've slowly kind of broadened and really said, how do we better meet the needs so that they aren't, like individuals aren't forever reliant. They're able to become, you know, self-sustaining. How do we really build community um, and, and empower those individuals? So we see that, you know, we really serve the community as a whole. Um, our education self-reliance programs do target children, individuals, and families that are in poverty. So poverty for a family of four is about $27,000 a year. So we're aiming to help those just those individuals that just need stability so that mm. they can really start to get ahead and support children in those earliest years when they're having like really high levels of brain development and really need the support. Um, so last year we served over 60,000 individuals wow. and that's primarily in Salt Lake and Tooele County. Um, but we do have some programs that operate statewide and we do have, you know, a fair amount of programs in Weber, Davis, Morgan and Washington County. Okay. I always like to find out how people end up where they are. So maybe Stacy, you could take this one first. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be at Utah Community Action. Yeah. So I have been in the nonprofit world for just over 15 years. I started out in the nonprofit sector working for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, and I joined Utah Community Action as the chief administrative officer about six years ago. And I, you know, at the time, I was so excited to come to Utah Community Action. I loved the mission. I loved the work we do and just the individuals that we serve and working every day to see the individual impact that we have on the lives is incredibly rewarding for me. I'm sure. And Janelle, how about you? Uh, So I probably about just about a decade ago, I moved here from Chicago. And at that time, I was involved in a lot of work around homelessness and specifically preschool age children who are homeless. And as I worked in that space, it was just so devastating to me to see 
the challenges that these small children were facing and to just feel like if we don't change something about this system and about these services, these kids do not have a chance. The, the situations they were in, you know, were just, you know, unbelievable. They had no stability. They often had, you know, one parent that was not, that was often not stable. So how do we really support these families? And so when I saw that, that really started my sort of journey in terms of getting involved in policy and advocacy around homelessness and housing and early childhood, those children that we, you know, that we know they're going to cycle through these systems if we don't do something to intervene now. So through the years, I've had the opportunity to work with Utah Community Action when I worked for Salt Lake County, when I worked for United Way of Salt Lake. And then just this year, I was able to come and, you know, join Utah Community Action staff and do the work, you know, that I've always been passionate about here uh, at this amazing organization. That's really great. It sounds like you're both where you kind of feel like you were supposed to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely feel that way. <laughs> and Stacy, there's kind of two different approaches. Um, I, I interview a lot of nonprofits and charities that will do one very specific thing in the community where your organization, and there are others too, where you kind of take on a community and try to do wraparound services as, as many different services for that community as possible. What's the advantage of doing it the way you do it as opposed to nonprofits that maybe just do one single thing? And I'm sure that there's pros and cons both ways. Oh, absolutely. As with anything, there are. Uh, this is actually one of my favorite parts of working for Utah Community Action. Because of the way we're set up as an agency, we really have to meet the needs of the community around us. And those needs change over time. If you look at even where we were, let's just say, three years ago, the needs of our community have changed in three years. And what we're able to do is we are able to be nimble and shift and transition to meet the needs of that community. And by by doing that, um, you know, we com- we stay relevant all the time. But also, at the same time, we are fulfilling our purpose to the best of our ability as those needs shift and change. And we can shift the programs or modify the things that we're doing or add new programs. And as a community action, that's really one of our tenets of, of how we're set up is to be able to shift and do those things because we really, truly are uh, a community action to meet the needs of the community as those needs change. Hmm. And Janelle, maybe talk about the service hubs. I love this piece because a lot of times when you're a very low-income person and, and you're trying to scrape things together and feed your family and pay your rent or your mortgage – the, the services you need may be scattered all over the valley. Talk a little bit about your service hubs. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because that's something that our CEO, Jennifer Godfrey, is really passionate about is that we, we need to be in the community. We can't just be somewhere set apart. So we try to, you know, we offer wraparound services. So, you know, you could say these are different programs, but they're all what they all have in common is an individual and family, a child in need. And so how do we wrap all the services around them where they're at to get them the support they need? And that's the, you know, very basic philosophy behind the service hub, like being as close to the community as we can and making all of those services as easily accessible as possible. I think that's brilliant. Stacy. let's talk about kind of each different piece. Maybe you could start with adult education. Yes. So our adult education program is really designated for uh, assisting people with continuing their education. And we target a couple of different areas. 
uh, and, and really focusing on that vocational training. So the first area that we do is our Child Development Associate, or what we call our CDA. And this, this certification allows uh, individuals to work in the child care industry. It provides that extra certification, which gives them a little bit more job stability, uh, allows them to have higher wages, as well as some other educational opportunities. And by offering this, uh, we're really able to decrease those barriers to employment um, for these individuals, which is great. Uh, the next program that we have in adult education that we offer our students is a Serve Safe certification, which we offer through our SAUTÉ program. Our SAUTÉ program really is designed to enhance those um, certifications with culinary job skills, and where they look at uh, you know those the culinary arts and those different types of things and nutrition planning skills. And that program uh, eventually results in a serve safe certification, which allows them to go into the food industry and, you know, have higher earning, again, that higher earning potential, as well as a little bit more job stability for those individuals. And then through our adult education program, we also offer some resume and interviewing skills. Janelle, you want to tackle case management and housing? Absolutely. <laughs> um, I, so like I said, housing, housing and homelessness is one of the, the first reasons, the first things that brought me here, sure. it was my first interaction with Utah Community Action was seeing, you know, we, we saw this homeless service system and we knew that once people hit homelessness, that their, their outcomes drop in terms of their economic mobility, their time to achieve stability. So we wanted to start helping individuals before they got to that point. So one of the programs that, again, we were nimbly trying to like create at that time was, um, homeless diversion. So we started having case managers and diversion specialists right at the homeless shelter to try to help them say, is there anything you can do right now before you and your family have to enter the shelter? Is there a friend or family member you can stay with short term while we help you to identify housing? Mm. So we have housing vouchers. We have all kinds of housing partners. Let's see what we can do to get you to stability before you ever hit the homeless shelter. So we do, that is one, like that's the severest case of, of housing. But then what we also offer rental assistance. Um, housing affordability, as everybody knows right now, is just through the roof. Mm-hmm. Like in, individuals, even, you know, middle-class families struggle right now with the, the vast increase in housing costs. So we try, once individuals are stably housed, we do everything we can to help them stay housed. So if they're struggling, to we can do temporary rental assistance. Um, but in doing that, we don't just want to, again, you know, put a Band-Aid on the problem. So we will offer temporary rental assistance while we case manage them mm-hmm. to help them enter our adult education programs, find stable right. housing. We connect them with workforce services and help them find employment. So we try to help stabilize them so that they can, in the short term, so that they can find stability in the long term. So that's really the purpose of that is, like, really catching them in these moments of crisis where their life could just drastically shift down a really difficult path mm-hmm. and trying to help them stay afloat until they can be stable again. And Stacy, you mentioned um, right off the top that uh, the Head Start's been a part of Utah Community Action for a really long time. Uh, what does that Head Start program look like in 2022? So I love our Head Start program. These children that we serve in our program are the most amazing little people. 
And our organization is able to serve. We serve about 2,500 children in any given year, and we have almost 100 classrooms mostly serving children in Salt Lake and Tooele counties, and we do have some classrooms down in Washington County. And with those 98 classrooms, we serve children ages 0 to 5. And we do that through uh, age-appropriate school readiness, and we work a lot on language, uh, literacy, numeracy, social, emotional, physical development gains, uh, different things like that in order to provide these children a head start, as our name indicates, and get them up to, to a point that's the level playing field with peers that are the same age as, as they are. And the goal really is to get these children ready for kindergarten so that when they enter the public school system, they are at the same level as their peers. They are developmentally and that they, they have the skills that they need to be successful uh, as they progress with their, with their education. We're talking with Stacy Waite and Janelle Serva, who are both with Utah Community Action, and the website is utahca.org. Janelle, this is a big one with winter coming, the, the heat utility assistance. Yeah, so our heat program is one that helps individuals, you know, pay for their utilities. So often, you know, we serve a lot of individuals on fixed incomes, including with this program, I like to think of, of seniors who they've been, you know, stably housed, they've owned a home their whole life. Now they're in a position where they're, you know, retired and they're, you know, not earning you know, additional income or increasing their income, but the cost of living is still going up. You know, inflation, their bills are still going up. So all of a sudden these individuals who have often been, you know, financially stable their whole lives are in a position where they can't age in place because they, mm. can't, pay, just, they can't pay their bills. So we offer that kind of assistance, uh, heat and water. And depending on the requirements, like this year we were also able to offer um, assistance with, uh, air conditioning throughout the summer months when it's so hot. So that, again, that helps individuals stay in their homes um, and direct some of those, their like very critical resources towards mm-hmm. some of their other basic needs like food or rent or anything else that they might need. And it also helps to ensure that their homes are safe. You know, we want them to have, you know, it's not safe if you're in an overheating home or if you're in a freezing cold home. Right. So we want to keep them, you know, healthy and safe as much as, as much as possible. And Stacy, I'm guessing that the nutrition piece of what you do probably changed over the last couple of years through the pandemic. What does that piece look like? Absolutely. You know, this was one of our programs where we had to be really flexible because the, the need for food in our community is one of the things that we saw shoot way up during the COVID area. Uh, that was one of the places the food insecurities was so significant that we needed to shift our nutrition program in order to meet those needs. Uh, so our nutrition program, we serve two different demographics through that program. And the first is we have a central kitchen where we produce about 4,000 meals per day. And we serve children in the community ages 0 to 5. So we do serve the children on our Head Start program. But we also do serve other children throughout the community uh, with quite about two-thirds of their nutrition a day. And in some cases, our nutrition program uh, provides these children with the only food that they get, which is oh, so wow. critical to us to make sure they're, they're getting that food. And then on the other side of it, we also have senior cafes. So we have a partnership with Salt Lake County where we, are, uh, we have staff in the senior centers and um, in, in a couple different locations. So we're able to provide food services on, to both the children as well as the seniors through our nutrition program. And Janelle, this probably goes hand in hand with the heat utility assistance you were talking about, and that's weatherization. So that's not only helping with the current crisis, but hopefully avoiding future crisis. 
Absolutely. And I love this program because it's so different than a lot of the other things that we do. So most of our facilities are, you know, we have preschool classrooms and we're very interactive and we're, you know, meeting with, with these small children. And it's, and then we have a giant warehouse, you know, and we have a team of mostly men who go out and they repair, they do home repairs. And so it's like this whole other side. So we have this beautiful warehouse. So in the, it's stocked with furnaces and, it, you know, all, all types of um, home upgrades. So we can go in and we can caulk windows. We can close air streams so that, you know, the, ener- the heat in the home stays in the home and the cold air doesn't come in. Um, this, so this helps them to be more, much more energy efficient so that they can pay those bills. Um, it also reduces the impact on the environment and um, increases, like, the air, the airflow in the home so that the air quality within the home is, is, is better, mm-hmm. has better health out, outcomes for the, the families living there. So it's really multifaceted, and I love that it gets at that aspect of our need to also care for the environment. And, of course, every nonprofit's number one goal is to bring in the income they need to reach all of the goals. And, of course, donating money is something that is probably the absolute best way because then you can turn that into just about anything. How is your organization funded, uh, Janelle? We are funded, I mean, an organization our size. So we are the largest nonprofit in the state, and we have, you know, so many partners. Uh, that help us and support us. So when I say we build community, certainly that includes our clients, but it also includes all of those that we're able to bring together to support our broader community. So we're so grateful for, we have many government partners. We have some federal funding, some state funding, some city and county funding. And then of course we have lots of private private partners that we work with, uh, both individuals and corporates. So, I mean, we, you know, we, with, a, with programs this size, you know, we're looking for anyone who's willing to contribute and who has a passion for helping these, you know, individuals in the community in whatever way they feel is, is how they want to contribute. And Stacy, for those that don't have the money to contribute but might have things that are helpful, what sort of in-kind donations are really helpful to your organization? Yeah, I'd say the first in-kind donation we love to get is volunteer hours. Uh-huh. Our organization could not exist without those volunteers. And we have volunteers in almost every one of our programs, from having individuals volunteer to assist our teachers in the classrooms to having them serve meals in our senior cafes and, and pretty much everywhere in between. So that's a fantastic opportunity. We like to engage corporate partners who sometimes will bring in their workforces and groups and do a volunteer activity, but also just individuals. I know in one of our Head Start classrooms, we have an individual who has served uh, in that classroom every day for, for many years, and she comes in and serves. So there's a lot of opportunities to volunteer. And then also uh, coming up, we have our holiday help that we're looking at doing, and we are looking for individuals to do things like adopt a family for the holidays where they can provide uh, goods and, and things that those family need, such as clothing and coats and socks and shoes for those families for Christmas. And I'm sure if somebody wants to volunteer, they just need to go to Utah CA. Uh, .org. Janelle, talk about some of your um, events. I know you've got a couple of summer events. One of my favorites is the Food Truck Face-Off. I've been many years to that event, and it's so much fun. And then there's Bloom Gala. Maybe you could just touch on both of those. Yeah. So the Food Truck Face-Off, like you said, every summer we've been doing that for about eight years, I believe. And we do that at Liberty Park. This next year it's going to be on July 8th at Liberty Park. And it's we get it's the largest gathering of food trucks in the state, and all the proceeds go to ourselves and two other nonprofits. 
so we partner together to both create the event and then we kind of make it into a fun competition to see who can raise the most money. But I love that event because, again, part of our mission is to build community. And when you're there and there's live music oh, yeah. and the, all the food trucks are small businesses, so you just see the way it's really bringing everyone together for this great cause. Like, to me, that's really the essence of building community. So July 8th, mark it on your calendar. We'll be at Liberty Park. Um, the Bloom Gala is our you know, annual gala. That one we've been doing for almost 20 years. It will be at Snowbird next year on July 9th, or sorry, August 19th. Um, and that's an opportunity for us to really thank our supporters throughout the year. So certainly it's a fundraiser, but we really are about, you know, how do we show our appreciation? How do mm-hmm. we get people to be as excited about the work that we do as like Stacy and I are? I think you can tell we're passionate yeah, about absolutely. it. Yeah, absolutely. Other people to get excited about it, and we want to let them know how much we appreciate their support. So that is a formal gala that we we come together and we have a great night, you know, earning money for the families and individuals we serve. And I know holiday help is the one that's coming right up, but Stacy, maybe you could talk about some of the other volunteer opportunities that happen throughout the year. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have volunteer opportunities always, always in our classrooms. So we have nine, like I said, almost a hundred classrooms. And we are always looking for volunteers to come in and do things like reading with the children or just assisting the teacher with those classrooms. Um, in addition to that, we also love volunteers at our senior cafes to help serve the meals and carry the trays for the seniors and um, interact with them and just engage the seniors in conversation. And then we have also have some group opportunities where we may have some facilities projects or we may be replacing things on the playground or uh, just various beautification that we have we'd love to have groups come in and do as part of our corporate group volunteering janelle this might be a tough question because you can't predict the future but what are some of your goals for utah community action for the next five or ten years what do you think the organization will look like a decade from now i love that question uh because uh, who knows but i think (laughs) it's exciting um you know, as we mentioned when we first started, because we are a community action agency, we, you know, we try to meet the needs of the community. So every three years, we do a big community needs assessment, and we ask, you know, hundreds of individuals what their greatest needs are and what the greatest needs in the community and how they're being served by the existing services. Are they meeting? Are we meeting the needs? Um, so we just recently completed one this summer. And not surprisingly, affordable rental housing was by far the biggest need. Mm. Like, blew the others away. Yeah, I'm sure. So we already do work in that space, like we mentioned. And we think that's just a huge area where we can grow in is, is how do we do more to increase the stock of, of affordable rental housing and to help people find and retain their homes over time. Um, also, you know, but because of Head Start, we're so involved in the early childhood space. And we think there's, you know, there's a huge need you know, COVID really highlighted the importance of early childhood professionals, that the, the children who are doing childcare, running preschool, like we really need them uh, to serve our children well and for the economy to run, for people to, to go to do their jobs. So we would love to see that space expand to better meet the needs of children and of their parents. Um, so those are a few of the ways that I see us like really kind of growing um, and just building on our current strengths. And Stacy, it's always really powerful when we can maybe hear a couple of examples, and I don't know if you can come up with this right off the top of your head, but maybe you could give us some specific stories of families or people you've seen come through your organization recently. Uh, maybe there's a family that really kind of stuck with stuck in your heart that you could tell us about. 
absolutely. We just recently had uh, a single parent family here in Salt Lake City that started out receiving our heat services. So that's our utility assistance. And they came in in a crisis situation. Their furnace wasn't supplying adequate heat. They had issues paying their bill. And so we were able to initially help them out with the heat program and help them with the utility assistance. And then the great thing is we send them right over to our weatherization program. So our weatherization team was actually able to go in, perform an audit on the home, and it revealed a lot of opportunities for the, for the home to be improved to, to help with some energy efficiency. Uh, things like replacing windows, uh, installing a new efficient water heater, smoke and carbon monoxide detectors, uh, putting in an exhaust fan to help with that indoor air quality, and then just fill those leaks throughout the home and uh, a little bit of work on the furnace. So with all of these things, we were able to go in, make that home more energy efficient, and the end result was that the family was able to cut that utility bill in half. And so going forward, it, it's much easier for them to have the ability to make sure that they can pay that bill and, and create that sustainability. And that's what I love about our programs is they work so well together. And when we find somebody that comes in through one door, we can send them to so many other resources that yeah. we're able to uh, we're able to engage those families. And if they have young children, we enroll them in our Head Start program. We see that a lot. And so our employees are just trained to engage and look for those opportunities where we can not only serve one need, but we can serve the family in many, many different ways. I love it. Stacy Waite is Chief Administrative Officer, Janelle Serva, Chief Impact and Strategy Officer, and they are both with Utah Community Action. Check out the website, whether you want to support them or maybe you are someone who is in need. The website is utahca.org. Thank you so much to both of you. Thanks so much for having us, Mike. Thank you. Thank you for listening to All Along the Wasatch with Mike Parsons. If you would like to submit a request to be a guest on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. That's mparsons at ksl.com.